This episode brought to you by Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Webmerized Website Design, and Blue Collar Motorcycle Shop. Thank you guys for your sponsorship. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys' take. Oop, it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Blue Collar Cycle Studio right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. Of course, I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? To my left, your right on the radio dial, the producer uh, among men, producer Ryan. Hey, guys. And, of course, across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2060's Shady Acres Retirement Home Prom King, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up. My hombre, mojo. Mojo. <laughs> I guess I'm a spicy marinade. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get the Spanish listeners. This is out to our Latino community. <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, you can go to anywhere that you listen to a podcast. Um, that, if that's Google Play, Stitcher, I, iHeart, uh, iTunes, wherever, just go there, hit the uh, search button, put in Southern Fry Philosophy. You can go there, subscribe, give us a like, a review. The most important thing is the rating and review. We really kind of need that to get the move them to the old algorithms. We appreciate all the listeners who've been sharing your episodes and uh, just sharing the gospel of Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also find us on the Twitters and Instagram at Southern Fry Philosophy on the Facebooks and also uh Twitter's and Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also find us on the Patreon link, and uh, Biggin will kind of give you a little bit more on that. And where else? On the YouTubes? We get We're on the tubes, yep. All right, so go to YouTube forward slash SFP Radio. Uh, yeah, Mojo just talked about it. Uh, listen, if you want to become an SFP insider, we would really appreciate it. Helps us kind of move up, be able to get better equipment, better studios, better guests, all those fun things. So please join at the SFP Insiders. You've got three levels, life, liberty, or gravy. Each one of those things will get you exclusive content that only you can find becoming an SFP insider. If you don't want to do that, then the only thing that we ask you to do is to spread the gospel of SFP. Please tell somebody, uh, steal their phone right now, just subscribe to subscribe them to the show. We would appreciate it. And then we just get the, get the downloads and they don't even have to listen. So we that, would appreciate it. I'm sure there's probably some Russian bot app that you can buy that will actually create like a 10,000 subscribers for every one. Yeah. Maybe we need to look at that. Because, you know, you can buy, like, Twitter followers. Right. Maybe that's something we should do with podcast listeners. I don't know if that's quite legal, <laughs> but there could be some interference from Russia and or Iran. I'm sure we will talk about that later. Uh, we want to say thank you to our listeners from Dallas, Dayton, Denver, Des Moines, Detroit, and Dothan, Alabama. So thank you guys for tuning in. A couple of uh, upcoming events that we've got, Hookline and Heroes, there's a bass fishing tournament in Mooresville, North Carolina, a $1,000 payout. For more information, check out Fishing for a Mission 2019.eventbrite.com. Or also check out um, information on our website. We'll have that there. Also, November 15th and 16th, uh, Craft Beer Concord. We're going to be talking to uh, Chris Abney from Red Hill Brewery to talk about that that's happening there. So, if you're in the Concord area, November 15th and 16th, we'd love to have you there. 
All right. So I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, I be darn. I am a little disappointed. Oh, no. So last night, our seven-year-old uh-huh. um, is in tears because her sister's been blackmailing her for probably about uh, three weeks. Three weeks? Three weeks. Been blackmailing her. Uh, evidently, her sister was holding a secret. Mind, mind you, my 16-year-old daughter uh, had no clue what it was, actually, but she just kept using <laughs> it as leverage for blackmail. So, well done. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my, my sixteen year old is a master manipulator. Um, anyway, so that's the, another. Show. So yeah, so my seven year old is just in tears. Like the the overwhelming guilt mm. has just gotten to her. Yeah, she has this uh, secret that she's been withholding. So okay, um, it, it turned from laughter because you know my, my daughter would our oldest would never like let something happen that would endanger her or right. you know something like sure. that. So, but it as as about two hours rolled on. I'm getting more and more like anxious to find out what it is because yeah. I, I want to make sure that something she hasn't done that could endanger her, herself, right. or, or others, uh, whatever. Yeah. So um, finally, you know, after reassuring her that you know we have an open door policy at our house, mm-hmm. if she can tell us anything, um, you know, we're you know we may be mad, but mm-hmm. at least it's better for us to find out now versus sure. know, find out in secret. So in my head. I had already uh, built up that she was a member of the Sinaloa cartel and probably had been smuggling kilos of Colombian Bam Bam sure. over the border. This is the seven-year-old? Seven-year-old. This this would be, like, she's Heisenberg. From yeah, she, she, I got you. she has, yeah, she's bought a, win, a Winnebago, has been cooking meth mm-hmm. somewhere in the country. I mean, I just, <laughs> I had it in my it's head. It's probably pink meth, though, not blue. I Could guess. be. That's yeah. probably true. Yeah. yeah. But so, um, so I rebuilt it in my head. Come to find out, she just drew on the table. So I was a di- I was disappointed that <laughs> it was. Yes, yeah, she drew on the table. I was really disappointed that it was not something like mm. entrepreneurial, war warlord, right? Cartel that would have been some level stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. There's no garage storage unit filled with cash money. No, no, there is no Pablo Man, Escobar. Uh, that would have been cave cool. or uh, you know whatever. But yeah, I was yeah. a little disappointed with that. So. How you be doing? Uh, man, it, I'm good. Um, I had a good time. Last last night, as a matter of fact, I got uh, on Jim Harold's camp, campfire. If you'll go back and listen to episode 118, we had Jim Harold on. And I told a story on his podcast, the Campfire Podcast. Once that's up and, and out there, I'll let our listeners know so they can go check it out. But that was a, a fun, cool experience to call in and tell my story. So that's that's awesome. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so that was fun. Brian, how you been doing? I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm glad Mojo's back. So you know, sure. It's Dude, a little, I a little weird doing a show without you. No, no, no. I, I, let me tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed the show last week. I think you guys. <laughs> you know, I think, I think you guys did great. I, well, I really you. enjoyed. It. I thought enjoy the interview it was great. And uh, yeah, nice. Well, well thanks. It, it gives me confidence to take more time off. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It was weird. You know, it was bad enough when he wasn't here and I had to fill in, and then you, just, you guys can't do that. That's that's not that's not cool. <laughs> It's way who, too much pressure. Who did we have last week? Do we have anybody? J, uh, yeah, Turner. we had Jay Turner. Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. We want to talk about film and movies and oh, yeah. doing your own stunts. We tried to get uh, our pastor, the Padre, in the movie. I don't know if he's going to take take that or not. Yeah, I haven't heard anything fun. else about that. <laughs> so how you been doing? I'm good. Uh, so I found out this something last week. It was kind of a, a devastating revelation for me. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we have a new Krispy Kreme in Concord. Yeah, sure. I was there for the first time last week. Okay. So I feel like there's someone has let me down or the marketing there's no marketing Ooh. for this or something. Okay. But they have the 
the ice cream infusion yeah. the donut thing. Mm-hmm. Why did I not know about that? Did you not read any of the articles about said opening of Krispy Kreme? No, I just listened to you guys talk about it, and I assume well, I this, got all this Krispy Kreme is a test Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, yeah. There's, I think, there are only two in the country that yeah. actually do we this got sort of it. thing. Yeah. So there's uh, the ice cream. I think they make ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, that's what it looked like. A, yeah. a, you know, a glazed donut with ice cream and yeah. rolled in fruity pebbles, which is, I mean, I just want to roll myself in fruity pebbles. So. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, now I say that I, I've still only been there one time. I'm having this mental picture of you rolling around in fruity. Bubbles, I would totally do it, and I love it. I would do it. I just need a giant box or bowl, you know, kind of like the the ball pit or like the corn. Yeah, just yeah. fill it up with a fruity cereal if you don't want to get post involved. <laughs> yeah. So you would do it like in a maybe a blow up swimming pool, sure. one of those things. Yeah, I think, this, I think this is YouTube worthy. If if you could cover yourself in a cereal, what would it be? I never I, that thought has never crossed my mind. Hmm. Well, you got to look at it because I, I, you know I still have the theory. I, I love Captain Crunch, but Captain Crunch, oh Captain Crunch will take the the epoxy off concrete, right? So I, I don't know if I want oh. those jagged shards of skin no. flaking off. So I can't oh. go Captain Crunch. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I probably Coco Chris. That seems like a good, a good one. See, Fruity Pebbles, I can't do Fruity Pebbles anymore because back in the day when you'd get, you smoke a little reefer, you'd eat Fruity Pebbles. Okay. And I probably Did ate too many that. boxes. Mm, or, gives you a hankering. Yeah, you get a hankering. Huh. I get it. Every pop person who smokes weed has a hankering for something. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles is my go-to. I must constantly be smoking pot because I always <laughs> have a hankering for something. Oh, so did you try the... That, that's the sad part. I was in there. Uh, we were taking donuts to a potential client. You know, mm. I didn't actually eat any donuts, oh. so I haven't actually had anything out of that. store. I, co- I have coffee. Yeah. I didn't even have coffee. I brought one coffee. I sat in that store and watched the conveyor belt. This is really sad. Yeah, you know, it might be part of my. The pro- I'm having a problem with this. It was like yeah. eight thirty in the morning. Is that? It's probably okay time to eat an ice cream donut sandwich. Yeah, it's but, always a good time. And every time like, I'm coming up this way, I'm like. I should swing by and get one of those. No, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be good. Yeah, uh, my willpower won't last that long though. Sure, I, I'm I'm still a simple guy. I like my glaze, just plain glazed donuts. I, I I I'm just not adventurous with with donuts. I don't know. I mean, take that back. Other brands like Dunkin' Donut, you have to get toppings on theirs because yeah, the donuts are so nasty. Yeah. yeah. So have you for, have you tried the Harris Teeter donut that Jeremy Cobb <laughs> likes so much? I, I I have, and I just can't get by the weird shape. That's, yeah, it's so, a hex, hexagon donut. Yeah, because they use a cutter. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just they're not they're not piped in right like a fryer mm-hmm. fryer. Thing. There's a, a donut place here in Concord called the Donut House. Um, mm, I been it's by the, uh, the Home Depot. It's actually really good. Hmm. Uh, and I stopped in there. It's right next to place that we go visit uh so it was really good so i would i would encourage you to check it out they have you know just the regular cake donuts the old fashions and then you can get either you know a, a chocolate glazed or whatever and any of that can be you can fill it with different kinds of, hmm. of things so one of them is peanut butter and i re, i regret getting the one filled with peanut butter you, you should try it you wish you had more than one what was your well, regret I, I, I initially that I initially got an apple fritter, mm. and I wish that I would have gotten the peanut butter gotcha. filled donut. Gotcha. So I am a sucker for an apple fritter. Can you get an apple fritter like 
filled with like salted caramel or something. Ooh. Oh, hey, buddy. I'm just saying. See, I, the They're apple too thin, though. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah. We'll make a sandwich out of two fritters with the cream in the Come middle. Come on bit. with it. I like apple fritters, but I, I have They're a high sweet. standard for apple fritters because my apple fritters have to mm-hmm. come from a, a, a restaurant that's owned by Mennonites, and it's probably oh. named Yoder's. Okay. <laughs> have you ever been to a Yoder's before? They're always not, like in no. a rural, I mean, there's only. Pennsylvania? Well, no, there's in South Carolina. It's a big Mennonite community in certain oh. parts of South Carolina. There's also Mennonite community, communities in North Carolina. So if you ever, you know, pass a Yoder's like Mennonite restaurant, go there. They'll have the best chicken and dumplings. They'll have the best. You know, turkey and gravy mm. with or without giblets. I always have to get the without because I still can't do the giblets. Mm. No, I just can't. Flavor, but they, flavor but, nuggets. But they have they have. <laughs> but they have apple fritters, and they're just a die for. Uh, yeah. Do you? How do you like your apple fritter? Is it thick or thin? Uh, thicker. And these these apple fritters are actually almost like fried like hush puppies. Oh, powdered sugar. I think my experience with apple fritter is mostly. I think they've all been thawed from something oh, at some yeah. point. Yeah. And I like those just fine. Or maybe like the fair, you know, yeah. state fair. I like mine thick, thin, and crispy. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Just a flavor thing. All right, so let's go. Oh, you wanted to do some fact checking. Yeah, so um, last week we were out without our resident fact checker. And I, right. I feel like I said a few things that may have been incorrect well, or disputable. To be clear, facts are optional here. It's just okay. Well, just, just so our listeners know, uh, now you know the title of last week's episode was "Math is Hard," mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I may have said something about the number of oh, uh, no. uh, hours that uh, you guys have you know making making podcasts. Uh, so ten thousand eight hundred was the number I used. There were right. minutes, not hours, oh. which makes it a very different thing. It kind of kills the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> still a lot of minutes. It's a lot of minutes. That's a lot so of minutes. So how many hours my, is that? That's more math, man. That's oh, I'm, no. I'm done. This, I was the last. I feel like I could do that fairly quickly. So, well, it's 120 episodes at times 1.5 would be your number. It's probably like 160. 180 hours. 180 hours. So, we are so not even close to 10,000 so hours. Our, the expertise that's being represented here <laughs> may be a little off. Facts are optional. Yeah. Math is hard. Yeah, so that was one thing. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, you sent me something the next day about Nat from NASA about the sun and global warming. Right. You guys can look that up yourself. If you believe anything NASA says, that's up to you. But, oh, uh, <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, well, there's conflicting articles from yeah, Yale and also Harvard and a few European agencies, so too. That my, my point NASA's. is, you know, do your own research, even though we're both very educated people here. <clears throat> uh, we can't even do simple math. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, uh, math bad and we, we don't fact check everything. Or uh, anything, to be honest. Yeah, not really. We just, you know. <laughs> It's all gut. And the last thing I said was the Chalupa Cravings box was delicious, and that was an overstatement. Oh! I just wanna, it's Taco Bell. It. I mean, come on. i got, I got to stay on brand. Sure. I, I've eaten plenty of Taco Bell, but it's delicious. It was a little – I was overstepping. It fills the void when needed, I guess. Yeah. If you look at Taco Bell standards, whatever that level is, it was fun. It was, you know. I it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look, Taco Bell was voted the number one restaurant, Mexican restaurant in America. Do you remember the Demolition Man movie with yes. Sylvester Stallone and uh, I think Wesley Snipes, mm-hmm. where one of the kind of jokes in the movie was that Taco Bell won the restaurant wars of the early 21st century, yeah. and every restaurant was Taco Bell? Yeah. That's, every time I think about Taco Bell, I think At one point in time, dining. Taco Bell was the... Was 
probably on the the, the verge of winning t- uh, the the restaurant wars back in the nineties. Yeah, if they just like sold margaritas, I think they they could jump into that real there, quick. Well, there's some of them that do now. Oh, yeah, some of them sell beer. Right? Maybe it's beer, but they do sell. That's a good they started start. the alcohol. They're, like, they're getting like with Chipotle and Moe's and that kind of thing. I guess you yeah, yeah, I think they're trying. To, yeah, exactly. Because that'd be really good with uh, the Chalupa Cravings box. Yeah, but what quality margarita would you get from there, you know? Taco Bell quality? I mean, it's a step up from a Bud Light Lime, whatever that is. <laughs> it would be like an Applebee dollar Long Island iced tea, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's horrible. A real light pour on that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, so let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. If you need a catering gig that serves some of the best barbecue in the area, check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Check out the information on the sponsor section of our website. Um, guys... Y'all, here's the headline. Woman accused of hitting a man in the head over a fight about pork chops. Pensacola, Florida. Is that a shocker or not? A Pensacola woman was arrested Sunday after deputies say an argument about pork chops turned violent. Um, uh, Escambia County Sheriff's Office uh, arrest report says Jessica Dandil Hardy, 32, hit a man in the head with a hammer after they, quote, got into a verbal argument over pork chops. The man told deputies Hardy hit him more than once in the head and the face area. They said that they observed swelling on the man's head, eyes, and lips. They do not go into detail of what the argument was about said pork chops. She is now being held on bail for $5,000. Pork chops. I don't, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever had a pork chop that delicious worth, you know, potential manslaughter. No, sir. I need to help you guys out with that sometime. So. With, with pork I, chop? I have a pretty killer pork chop. Well, saying. all right. <laughs> bet, bet on. I'm bringing a, ha- a hammer just in case it don't uh, work out. Okay. <laughs> Question. Um, do you believe that alcohol and or drugs were involved in any part of the story? Not at all. No. Never crossed my mind, actually. I was thinking, you know, I could see myself getting in a fight over pork chops. Really? No, the hammer. Though. Not with I mean, the hammer. Not a verbal, not... you know, fisticuffs, maybe. <laughs> what are you going to argue about a pork chop? <clears throat> Fried, smoked, grilled. See, I, there's really only one way to eat a pork chop. That's fried. Hmm. Uh-oh. Changed my mind. Uh, I want to work on that. Put the hammer down. <laughs> <laughs> The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub, and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or 
or email Eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com, and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Um, a woman accused of stealing toilet paper, cursing at homeowner during a break-in. Iredell County, North Carolina. What? A woman is facing charges after deputies say she broke into an occupied home on Tuesday. The break-in happened at home on Union Grove. The homeowner told deputies that a 34-year-old woman, Sarah Davis, broke into his home, began cursing at him. The homeowner said Davis then walked past him and took a roll of toilet paper from his home. When deputies got to the scene, they found Davis uh, standing in the victim's driveway. She was arrested and charged with felony breaking and entering and felony larceny charges after breaking and entering. She's also being held on bail bond for $7,500. Do you think drugs were involved in this? That was my question. <laughs> yeah. There was some uh, of that pink meth we talked about earlier. You imagine sitting beside the next person in, in the holding tank waiting to be arraigned, and what are you in for? I just try to kill my boyfriend. Uh, with a hammer. In? Yeah, with a hammer over pork chop. Uh-huh. And uh, what are you in for? I'm trying to steal some Charmin? I mean, larceny charges yeah. over a roll of toilet paper. Guys, just, some of that I can get. I mean, just go to the Chick Fil A and steal the giant spare tire. I, it'd be hopefully she had a cool drop line like I'm wiping y'all out and grab, oh, you know, as she was exiting. You know, that, that would be kind of cool. That would be like the opening intro of like CSI. Yeah, like dun, dun. she just got wiped out. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the yeah. David Carradine or whoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the glasses. Oh, I mean toilet paper, y'all. Y'all got nothing better to do. I just hope it was high quality toilet paper. <clears throat> what if it's the one ply? John John Wayne. Mm. I, yeah, I just yeah, there was some there were drugs. Who, yeah. Don't who, do drugs. Why do people even make the one ply sandpaper? I hate that stuff. That's the worst. Yeah, it's called John Wayne because hmm? it don't take crap off nobody. Oh, mm. dum dum dum! I'm too young to get that joke. Well, the, the uh, <laughs> well, the one ply is great because it helps uh, you know um, stimulate your sphincter because you always end up poking a hole through the paper. <laughs> <laughs> True. You can you can give yourself an old check for yourself. Whoop. Yep. Whoop. Whoop. Didn't mean that happened. Way more exciting. I thought I was finished. No, I'm not. I've got to like you know fold it over like seven times on that one ply. Basically, all you, all you do is you take the uh, take the cord uh, paper. Uh, cardboard caper, uh, core out of the middle of it, just use the whole roll. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all you got to do. There you go. Um, guys, this, one, this one's owning me. A, um, a giant uh, a farmer floats around a, in a giant pumpkin kayak. A farmer, who, a farmer who grew an oversized pumpkin carved out a creative way to put it into practical use. Justin Ownby grew a 910-pound orange gourd on his farm in Cleveland, Tennessee, he scooped it all out, and it became a uh, a paddle boat, basically. Oh wow! He was able to stand in it and and kayak his way over across the other side. People thought that he looked like George Washington crossing <laughs> the Delaware. Nine hundred and ten pound pumpkin. He said he got the seeds from another man that last year grew a 1,700-pound oh, wow. oversized gourd. Um, guys, here's here's him. That's a, that's a lot of making white girls happy with pumpkin spice look flavor at, stuff. Look at him go around the pond in this gourd. My favorite part of this is he says they made practical use of a <laughs> giant pumpkin. 
What are but what are those giant pumpkins even actually used for once that, they're grown? I mean, besides my, purely decorative. Yeah, my question to you guys is: what do your what are your thoughts and feelings about giant vegetables? Yeah, I don't, don't know, but look they don't at taste him, any. I mean, good. You can't really. Yeah, that's he that's looks like, so happy though. <laughs> Is that thing floating or just like rolling across the bottom of it? <laughs> no, it's floating. Sco- scooching. Yeah. Look at him go. I mean, he's just having a good old time with that thing. <laughs> so we we uh, carved pumpkins with my kids last weekend, okay? He's having the time of his life. And to scoop uh, out two pumpkins uh-huh. took like 30, oh, 40 yeah. minutes. Just to scoop. And we had the specialized little pumpkin serrated yeah. pumpkin spatula thing. Wow. What? Did he use to Nine clean that sucker out? Hundred and ten. And a shovel, I yeah, mean, crawling inside of it. He had yeah. someone got in there, and yeah. I mean, went oh, bi- yeah. yeah, went to business. Yeah, where's I mean, that video? Oh, that that'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, at what point does he say, "Well, I've carved it out. Let me go put it in the lake and see if it floats." Hmm. That guy, I got to give it props though. He's he's loving his life. Grow what you want, I, but like you going back to oversized yeah, vegetables. Right. Like I mean, there comes a certain size. Like you know, everyone has their uh, probably three by five square foot garden. A lot of the neighborhoods they mm-hmm. grow their zucchini and squash. That's all they can grow. Right. Maybe maybe some tomatoes and some banana peppers. Mm-hmm. But they always try to bring you like, oh, I got some zucchini left. They bring you like three mm-hmm. that weigh five pounds a piece, and those things aren't really that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very fibrous. I mean, just they're like great. I had someone bring me one uh, when my daughter was a newborn, and I held up the zucchini next to the baby. And <laughs> the same size. That's, wow. cool. that's crazy. I like zucchini bread, though. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's the only way I really like zucchini. There's only two ways, grilled or in bread. Mm. There's really no other way. I don't, I'm not a big fan of steamed or What about sauteed. doing, like, the, the lasagna with the I think zucchini. it's a waste of time. If you're going to do that, just eat lasagna. Fried zucchini oh. bread. Um, I, I do like zucchini blossoms fried. That's an Whoa. Italian specialty, but um, anyway, s- uh, side note here. I, I didn't really have any wacky news, but I did find this. Uh, there's actually a hotline called Callin' the Oats, which what? is uh, which only plays <laughs> Holland Oats songs. Okay, and you just call into this line. Yeah, seven one nine. Am I doing it? No, no. Oh no, that's uh, that'll get kicked off everything. Seven one nine two six Oats O A T E S. So if you if you're ever in a mood and you want to hear some Holland Oats. Um, a rich girl or anything like that, mm-hmm. just uh, call into that number and uh, you can they'll play it. All right, it's just a call in line. That's so, silly. I know. It's like free music streaming. Yeah. Remember the days where you had to like call in to like check the weather and the time? Yeah, the bank. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. So I could see someone, you know, back when people gave out numbers at bars and stuff, give them mm-hmm. that number instead of your number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'd be a good one. She's a rich girl. Yep. All right, so we, let's go into some hot topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a quality cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars, watchmancigars.com. All right, so you guys are going to have to help me walk through this one. Instagram vows to take on fake news. Dum, dum, dum. Let's hear the article. Let me see what it says. <clears throat> So it says Facebook is getting more serious about preventing false information. So basically, they are fact-checking ads, and if they if they're false, they'll put a little disclaimer up there. It says false information, and you can click see why. I'll take you to like an article or something. Uh, but the thing that's kind of funny here is you can still share it. Mm. Like it's okay. We know this is fake. We know these are sharks in the street. Don't exist. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, 
they still you can still like send it to somebody. You can still propagate this. Mm. But it's it's kind of giving you a disclaimer up front that this isn't real. You know, we fact yeah. we fact check this. However, they do that. They're putting the money in. Huh. It's interesting because uh, did you guys see AOC talk to Zuckerberg mm-hmm. this this week? And by the way, we got uh, Chris, our uh, resident guest and uh, beer maker. Uh, he's in studio with us. He's going to be our guest tonight, and so you can go ahead and chime in as well. But AOC kind of crushed Mark Zuckerberg about fake news and political ads that people can buy and just put on there. And she, she was saying, well, are you guys going to fact check him? And he's like, well, we have an independent company that does it. She goes, well, did you know the independent company is some of them are white supremacists? And then she would uh, – and then she just said, well, never mind. And then goes to a whole other question. I'm like, yeah, you can't just throw that out there. So and she's then, probably a fact checker also. She probably company, didn't. Yeah. Well, uh, I, like, I like what Mark said. He said, I'm going to leave it up to – and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to leave it up to the viewer and the reader – Right. To do the fact checking. Right. Right. Because, I mean, we're in a free country. Mm-hmm. We should be able to, even if it's false, we have the ability to post and say whatever is on our mind. That's right. also a CYA for, for Mark, too, because once he starts aggregating the news, he becomes a publisher of the news. Therefore, he falls under press rules. So I think this is probably a CYA for him. I, You know, um, he if he just remains a platform, then both sides of the aisle both any type of religion you may follow there's always going to be leanings out there news or news or quote unquote news articles or sources from websites that you post that have infactual information on there um it, it's it's going to be so hard to disseminate so if, if facebook or instagram wants to squash quote unquote fake news they're going to have to actually produce and publish yeah, their own Brandon, stuff as soon as you start uh, determining that you need to regulate social media in mm-hmm. that way, um, everything that gets posted is now subject to regulation, mm-hmm. and it becomes very subjective mm-hmm. in yeah. who is controlling what is put out there. That's why the uh, uh, politicians have a vested interest in talking about this, because these type of articles that go out in the, the news, fake or non-fake, uh, affects the way that people vote. Yeah. 100%. My question is, does uh, pictures of or selfies of people that are doctored up and made, making yourself look better, does that fall under the fake news category? Can we get rid of those as well? Now, just to be clear, you're not talking about my Tinder profile, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> that may have been doctored up I, yeah. you know, to look like Brad Pitt, but, you know, I'm just saying. Swipe right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, every, I think uh, Facebook is uh, – well, number one, Facebook, you rely on people that actually use common sense and to do their own fact-checking. Sometimes they don't because, I mean – how many times have people seen that meme? It says, "Oh, this year Halloween falls on this date, six hundred sixty-six years ago." It was blah blah blah. There's a meme out there that talks about that. Well, if you actually look at it, right, and find out that that meme is totally absurd, as that doesn't lead back to that certain date on that certain event that happened. Yeah, but people post that. I think my mom posted it, shared it. I mean, they just they read it, and some people are so gullible that they take it and. You know, run with it. Uh, yeah, if I were Mark, I would have looked at AOC and said, you know, the real question is why you care so much about what's posted on Facebook. You have nothing I mean, let's better be to do I mean, serious. in your life yeah. to worry about Facebook. Right. No, 100%. Uh, speaking of Facebook, it uh, they are already starting to see that Russia and Iran are laying the groundwork for 
future manipulation efforts of the 2020 election. You're starting to see some campaigns that are are happening um, uh, underneath and laying the groundwork for for some interference of the elections. They are starting to um, fight those uh, things that they're they're seeing so that they can proactively identify and take them down to so that there's no interference for the election. I find it ironic. Why is that? Don't you think? <laughs> Obama spent, I can't remember how many, I think 47, 49 million, something like that, in Israel in 2016 to make sure Netanyahu did not get voted re- back in. They actually sent groups there to, to thwart the Israeli election. You know, U.S. has sent people... Uh, diplomats to certain companies like Venezuela or countries like Venezuela to overthrow and and run to anti-government campaigns there. We sent four hundred billion dollars to Iran in cash and pallets mm-hmm. to overthrow to thwart the the uh, regime there. I mean, don't we interfere in other elections? And here we are, expect the standard that we we try to hold our you know mm-hmm. these other countries not to do the same thing. It's not fair when you do it to us. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I agree these other countries paying right. ads. But I think it's very hypocritical that we Absolutely. we take that opinion because, look, we're, we're no friend, quote, unquote, of the uh, policies and, and, and leadership in Russia. But we spend billions of dollars every year trying to upset the relationship between Russia and Ukraine or Russia mm. and, and some of its allies. Every year we do that. I would like to see Russia and Iran – you know, try to get us elected as president. I mean, Ooh. they can spend all they want. I don't want, want. job. No? You wouldn't <laughs> want to be president? Hell no. Oh, that. man. That would be fun. No, I'm good. No? No, because uh, day one, we'd start going through impeachment proceedings, and then yeah, four I mean, years oh, later, we'd we well, there Now he's you? having a lot of fun, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> they're going to go back and, like, we need you to refer to episode number one <laughs> through 121. Yeah. This is why they should not be president. Uh, I would I would take that job. It, I think it'd be kind of fun. I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. To be clear, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think the leaders we elect have a, a clue what they're doing either. So right. that's, that's okay. Not part of the job description. Yeah. I mean, look at you know look at our people that we've elected on both sides of the aisle that spend decades mm. there talking about implementing change, and they've done jack. Right. So I mean, some of these people have actually not only have they, have they served 38 plus years in an elected position, but they also worked for a government agency before. So they've actually had no free market, free sector, private sector experience mm-hmm. out there who are talking about changing the private sector. That's like, you know, me having no experience uh, in navigating NASA, but me getting appointed to be in NASA and going and saying, you know what, we're going to change our whole mission. We're going, we're going to the moon to prove that there's cheese. We're going to Pluto. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. you know, just, it's, it, I would it's sign an executive order making beer the national beverage, sure, and mandate that everyone drinks it, and only from Red Hill. No, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> what would you do first day of president? Let me ask you that, Mojo. Selfishly, um, whew. Area Fifty One. Oh, I'd have to, I'd have to that's find a out. Good one. I'd have to find out about Area Fifty One or. The, uh, you know, something the archives historically like mm. about JFK or, you know, okay. th- these greater conspiracies out there. That go we... look at the book. Exactly. Yeah. Producer Brian. 
Um, I'd probably try to take apart the desk like they did in National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You know, what's, what's hiding thing. in there. Yeah. After uh, I Clorox the whole Oval Office, <laughs> I would then say, <laughs> I want a Popeye's chicken sandwich now. Mm. Now, I'm not going to have to wait. I want it today mm. and make it happen. They're out. What? Yeah, they're out of chicken. No, I'm going to make them make me okay. a Popeye's You're going to bring in Mrs. Popeye. She's going to make your chicken. They got chicken right. at the headquarters. They, I'm pretty somebody's sure. got Someone's one. Someone's got that chicken And sandwich. the president is now calling for it. That's what I want. Hold on. You don't run out of chicken. Chickens don't. Chickens lay every day. Sure. You know, it's, it, yeah. the whole the whole pop just different tangent, whole Popeye's propaganda. Yeah, it's just horrible, (laughs) stupid. If you're in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website at WatchmanCigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. All right, so there was a there's a Republican impeachment hearing. I don't know what's going on. I need some help, Mojo. Uh, producer Brian's one that kind of oh. started this band, uh, Oops. Paul. So let's let's let him travel with it. Well, I, you know, again, I I, you were doing again. I've, I've mentioned. Hopefully, uh, we're not leaning on me too hard on this, but uh, you know, as I read news every day in preparation for uh, the headline show, I saw this it's somewhere. I have no idea where I saw this, <laughs> um, but it says Republicans grant impeachment inquiry to halt. So you know, I've been hearing this. There's. They re- somebody wants to impeach Trump, apparently, you know, mm-hmm. Democrats. Uh, so they're trying to dig up all this stuff. There's been some evidence come out, um, or some people have spoken out saying he's done some bad things. But what got me on this one is there's a meeting, you know, it's the uh, House Intelligence Committee is meeting, mm-hmm. and Republicans are standing outside screaming, let us in. Like they're trying to disrupt this hearing from happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because and it, to me, it just feels like like society is just falling apart. Because these are the elected officials; these are <laughs> should be dignified people, right? And they're just fighting each other, like yelling and screaming, and like acting like little kids. In the this is in like the Capitol building. Mm. What is what is going on here? That's yeah. Don't we have better things to do? No, like, like worry Evidently about like, everybody. Evidently not. I mean, they're only session, in the session like twice a year or something anyway, and this is how they're going to use their time. Right. Just like let's, let's just put this in perspective. They, you know, Donald Trump became president in 2016, right? January 20 or yeah, January 29th, I think, 2016. Sure. It is almost, we're almost in 2020, and they, I think impeachment has been trying, has been quivered about for the past, Four years, we've spent how many tax dollars now on in, these 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 things? I'm not a pro Trumper. Okay, I'm an independent. But I, you feel I, like you know what? The best way to get him out of office is just go win your election. That would be, and we can yeah. divert our energy elsewhere. You've got nine months or so left. I mean, come on. Yeah, 
Exactly. And, well, you know, the, the funny thing is, though, he can get impeached. And let's just say they impeach him tomorrow. He could actually technically rerun, rerun for election in 2020. There is no there is no uh, uh, no law against that. Hmm. And that's the crazy thing. But, you know, to break this article down a little bit. So I, you sent me the one from New York Times. Um, and I read it from multiple sources just to kind of see the different perspectives. So here's some here's some things I'll take away, my takeaways from it. So the intelligence community is meeting in this room called the SCIF. It, it is a secure, uh, airtight, uh, soundproof room that um, you know no one can record, cannot be recorded from. It is basically like you know DefCon Five type, like recording room. in here. Exactly. It feels like it. Exactly. So, and also they have protocol, no electronic devices that can you know, potentially, you know, uh, encumber on what they're doing. But they mm-hmm. usually hold secure meetings about you know, sensitive subjects, but also they evidently they took these um, whistle, quote unquote, whistleblowers into the room to interview them. That way mm-hmm. no one can be heard what's gotcha. saying. So, um, the Republicans, you know, of course, uh, the, their big travesty here was besides saying, let us in was they actually brought electronic devices, which were actually confiscated later on by, uh, I think, Rep- Representative Scalise, um, who actually took up the phone so they could continue the protest. But hmm. um, on one side, the Democrats are they're holding these this, this interview behind closed doors um, for these whistleblowers. And then the Republican response was basically, um, we you know, everyone has the right to find out what these people are saying, because everyone has the right to due process under the Constitution, mm-hmm. that nothing should be done under closed doors. This is almost like secret police type stuff from communist countries that had, like, you know, East Berlin, Russia, or Soviet Union, things like this. That's, mm-hmm. That was the big hullabaloo. But, you know, the, I think the one of my interesting takeaways from this is that um, the articles were written to the point where they – you have to respect the office. Whoever's in there, mm-hmm. you have to respect the office of the presidency. Right. Um, I don't. I, I don't believe every word from any person that's elected to that um, position speaks the gospel. I don't. I don't believe they're uh, they're the emperor of this country. But they act like it. They act like it. But um, you know, the articles never referred to President Trump only once. Is when they they refer to him as President Donald Trump. The rest of it, they just refer to him as Mister Trump. So you never saw that mm. in Obama's term. You didn't. They always referred to him as President Barack uh, Obama. I remember, I remember seeing that though, like where they said Mr. Obama. I never did. They always, I always, they always referred to him in respect of the office. Does it really roll off the tongue the same way? That's my. Sure. No, I understand that. But I, I remember <clears throat> thinking that as well when, especially like on Fox News and whatnot, they would say Mr. Obama. There, there were, there were. So I never heard. I never heard of that. I always, I always heard President Obama. Mm-hmm. And they even but if you said Fox News was saying that, that makes sense here to me. But I don't think Fox. I don't. <laughs> I don't recall because that's when I actually followed politics to the core. Mm-hmm. Was during Obama's years. Um, I was a political junkie. Now I don't. I give two craps. What, you know what happens. <laughs> um, but I, that's one thing I did notice in the articles. The yeah. takeaways that the, the lack of respect for the office. I mean, in fact, if you, re, if I guarantee, you, if you pull up a New York Times article right now and just. And just put in put in Obama. I'm looking. Oh. Yeah, I'm just saying if you put in Obama, they'll probably refer to him as former President Barack Obama. Possibly, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> it's just a wild guess. They're probably actually showing him least the respect of that. Um, I don't think the I don't think the media has has done a fair reporting job on. Uh, I mean, they 
I saw an inter- I saw an interview or an op-ed piece on George H or George W not long ago, and they actually referred to him as former President George W. Bush. Yeah, so I just did a quick Google search. Uh, New York Times, Barack Obama. The first thing that comes up says former President Barack Obama. See, when I pulled it up, it was NPR asking, why do you call him Mr. Obama? And it says since the mid-'70s, NPR's policy has been to refer to the president as Mr. instead of president on secondary, on second reference. So. On second, oh, on second, second reference, reference, but opening reference, they should refer to the the office of the presidency. Hmm. Anyway, so um, that's one thing I, I did I did recognize, and the, and reason why is I think a little further down that article they actually refer to um, the president of the Ukraine as President So and So of Ukraine. Oh wow! Referring to Mr. Trump in the same sentence, they didn't offer the same respect. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think that's it. But I, I just. I don't know. I haven't been following this impeachment, this this version of the impeachment inquiry t- too close, but it looks like it's just going to be a, another nothing burger. Um, I don't know. I mean, every, anyone who's a never-Trumper says this is the one, I, <laughs> yeah. just, I, I never believe yeah, that. Just to, just to be part of it, it just looks like the, the people that backed him are starting to get nervous. Like They've been kind of confident that he's fine and not – hasn't done anything wrong, but he's, they're starting to squirm a little, and that's what this just looks like. To me. Well, I think not- also the ones that are squirming are the. I mean, what do we have a couple weeks from now? Election cycle for certain term of, of certain seats. I think in certain positions. I mean, I think that you're going to see some people squirm just because it is election. I mean, it's, it's a hard role if you're if you're wearing an R right now. Do you throw in your total tile with Trump, do you, or do you kind of mm-hmm. back away from him a little bit? Yeah, I don't know. Because you know that your base right there, you need that base. I mean, I just wish we could recognize whoever is whoever is in the office. Let's just recognize the good things and let's recognize the bad things. Let's, right. Why can't we call out the good and call out the bad? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have to to do that. I mean, if honestly we want to talk about impeachable things, every presidency that we've had, we could pull out something impeachable. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama sending that $400 billion of cash to Iran. We gave a terrorist state cash in the middle of the night on U.S. Car- transported cargo planes. That's impeachable. Mm. George W. Bush, provocation of a <laughs> legal war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. That's impeachable. That's war crimes, actually. That's U.N. level going to the Hague war crimes. Clinton. I mean, we can, I mean, we can do a hundred things. Playing a saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Now that was that was that was golden. That was but you know, awesome. you know, we we could do we we just we seem to have a different standard. Is what that was. Our our news, <laughs> our current news media just has, seems to have a current different standard right now. I mean, it is nothing but twenty four seven hype on impeach talk. It is yeah. crazy. Yeah, so I, I just can't watch that stuff because it drives me nuts. No, I can't. But I can't watch news. Is, anymore. I don't know. I just look at this like it seems like the kind of thing we'd talk about. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, take a break, and when we come back, we will have our guest, Chris Abney, Red Hill Brewery, talking about Craft Concord coming up. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. In studio, our friend, Chris Abney from Red Hill Brewery. How you doing, buddy? Good. It's been, good. It's been a minute since you've been on the show. How's things going at Red Hill? Really good. Yeah? In that minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we're actually going through a big expansion process. We brought in some new equipment this summer and redid our tap room. Got some new beers coming out, and so 
thought we'd come on and talk about the big release. All right, we'll talk about it. So November 15th and 16th, we've put together a festival called Craft Concord. It's in collaboration with the city and with Little Robert's Plays. And the idea is simple. Red Hill is reopening. Uh, we've never officially had an opening. We just were sort of there back in 2016, and we spent the better part of three years, you know, developing some skills and uh, working on our clientele. And this past year, just, you know, had a bigger vision of what we wanted to be and have worked the last six to eight months on putting that together and mm-hmm. decided we want to celebrate it. Um, it's it's not a uh, – we're not saying we're not proud of the old. Mm-hmm. We're simply growing up into something new, uh, mm-hmm. a culmination of – you know, the, the brewery experience. And um, I'm very, very excited to share the place, um, what it's become. I'm, I'm super excited to share the beers on the new tools that we have. Um, we've had a lot of fun putting all this together. And so doing it in downtown Concord, that's our home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got little Roberts beside us. He's kind of like the godfather of beer in Concord. He was the first to bring craft beer uh, to our uh, little uh, historic section right. of the state. And... Um, so we want to work with him. We said, hey, let's take the Bicentennial parking lot and let's have music. Let's have food. Uh, and let's have Red Hill beer. And we'll even have some of his beer out there as well. That way there's uh, just a ton for everyone to do. Uh, yeah. We're throwing a cornhole tournament that day. We've got live music outside on a stage, multiple bands playing from uh, 1 o'clock all the way up until 7. At that point, we're going to be, we got two major bands coming inside of Red Hill mm. that you get to go in on that Saturday. Um we're going to have food trucks out there, local food vendors. Uh, shoot, Friday night, we've got a pretty prominent restaurant in the county who's coming up to do some really neat stuff for us inside on Friday night. We've got this big old charcuterie board being built. It's going to be pretty uh, cool on Friday night. It's charcuterie board. I call it charcuterie. Oh, well. The cool thing the is meat and cheese. <laughs> on a board. <laughs> and crackers. <laughs> and olives and all the Other things. Stuff. Yeah. Accoutrements. Ooh, yeah. now you're getting fancy charcuteries. <laughs> charcuteries. The cool thing is we're going to have Red Hill beer, and we haven't had yeah. Red Hill beer even on tap for the last three and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, with the transition of bringing in the new equipment, uh, we ran out of our stock. Mm. Um, and you know, you've seen, um, all of you guys have seen my one-barrel brew house, which is this like primitive, uh, glorified homebrew equipment, right? Mm. Um, I can only do about 30 gallons a time on that, and I only had the capacity to ferment um, let's see, three barrels worth at one time. So about 90 gallons. Okay. Well, just put it in perspective. I mean, we would go through that in a week to a week and a half at our old consumption rate. So during our growth phase, I mean, you're brewing constantly. Yeah. Uh, the new equipment, one of my tanks can hold that same capacity, Oh, wow. just one of the tanks. And I have three of those. Uh, so, you know, I have a big contingency of people. They love Murph, our IPA. It's our flagship beer. Um, that's the one beer out of the old staple that will actually carry over to the new hmm. tap list. Um, and we're going to leave the name as it is just because it, it has too big of a falling. And whenever I don't have Murph on tap, people show up with pitchforks and uh, torches. Sure. And, you know, I'm threatened. Yeah. So I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're going to brew Murph. We're going to make big batches of it, and we will never run out again. And I'm very excited for that. Nice. Um, and every beer that we create. There's going to be enough of it for everyone to enjoy, mm. and it's going to open up opportunities for us to really be able to share it more uh, with the people in Concord and abroad. Nice. What uh, I know, the Austin Austin Amber Austin Ale, 
Yeah, so we had our, our Amber Ale. That was our third most popular as far as volume. Uh, the Concord Palette, they they like their good crafty beer. They also like a good easy drinking beer. And the Amber falls in that category. It's a delicious Amber. So Austin will not make the uh, the trek over to the New Brew House. Now, we will have an Amber Ale that uh. may be very reminiscent of what that Austin Amber is. I'm not going <laughs> to give away what we're doing with that Amber okay. Ale. Um, one thing I wanted to do... It's really fun when you start up a brewery as small as we were, and we were one of the smallest in the whole state. Uh, we made it a lot about us, mm-hmm. right? It was a very personal uh, brew house experience, where whether it was the things on the walls or what we named the beers, it all had stories that tied back to uh, the owners or some of the staff. Mm-hmm. That's all fun and cute, and we had a lot of fun doing it um, and enjoyed it, and I'm proud that I had a beer named after my son, Uh what I realized, though, is that the folks who come into the tap room, they do enjoy the stories, mm-hmm. and they like to hear about me and my family, but not that much. <laughs> um, and, and you've got to figure out, and that's part of our marketing strategy now, is how can we tie in uh, what we're serving and the hospitality that we're putting out there? How can we tie it in to the people who are coming in? Mm-hmm. So Concord, the culture of Concord, we want to make it about you when you come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, it'll, it'll sink in more if the story sets with you that way versus yeah. you're not going home thinking about, Oh yeah, that story about awesome, man. What a cool kid. He is a great cool kid. Well, he is a cool kid. He's my kid, but uh, you know, it, we all think our kids are special, but they're not that special. Right. Right. How does he feel about that? He's okay. Is he okay with that? He, you know, he had his 15 minutes of fame. And, <laughs> uh, I, I joked with him. I said, we might call it the artist formerly known as Austin's Amber. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now it's just, uh, we're trying to get in touch with our Red Hill, literal mm-hmm. Red Hill, the old plantation house roots. Can you talk about Red Hill? I know you've done it before, but like, what's the meaning behind Red Hill and where the name come from? I'm talking yeah, about. it was a, it was an old house. Just that's it. It was an old house owned by the Pfeiffer's, John and Martin. They were huge statesmen here in Concord, um, big, uh, revolutionary war, uh, participants, in this area, um, and North Carolina has a huge, rich history uh, with the Revolutionary War. Um, they had a handful of plantation houses around here, uh, one in Mount Pleasant called Silver Hill. Then you had Red Hill. Hmm. Uh, now, this was a long time ago, and we know that some of the information is probably a little sketchy, but we don't care. We like to embellish a little bit sure. and take these stories and make them into something broader. It makes hmm. our brewery look cooler, right? <laughs> um, so the Red Hill Plantation House is said to have been the tavern. Uh, whereas one of the other plantations where they actually live. So what they would do is they would come over to Red Hill when they had to entertain. Hmm. And Concord's claim to fame, or one of our claim to fames, you know, other than uh, Southern Fried Philosophy, of course, um, one of the claim to fames is George Washington, after the Revolutionary War, he did a big tour of the South. And there's a lot of towns on this tour that can say, yeah, Washington came here, you know, after we won the war, mm-hmm. uh, Concord is one of those places. And the place that he stayed was Red Hill because he knew the Fifers. Like I said, they were prominent statesmen at the time. Mm. Um, that would have been the place that any big high-ranking official would have stayed. It being a tavern, and that term is a very loose word because we don't really know what it meant for the time. Right. Uh, because there's no records about what they actually did in Red Hill. Uh, but Again, that's one of those situations where I'm like, well, it's a tavern. They were obviously drinking Murph IPA. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or Austin's Amber. Or Austin's yeah. Amber. Absolutely. So he ate, he drank, he slept, he uh, was entertained at the place for however long he stayed until he went on to the next town, you know, a couple miles up the road. 
And, you know, it being a tavern, when we first opened Red Hill, trying to figure out a name, uh, we we thought it would be really cool to kind of resurrect what that was. Yeah. Because it was, you know, a few miles down the street. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I do like your, your logo. You did a, re- a rebranding of your logo. And I never noticed it until you pointed it out. But if you look at the top of the the hop, yep. it's a tiny little plantation house. Yeah, and I, I wanted it to be subtle when we were trying to figure out how to take our logo and make it a little bit better. Uh, we, we just wanted to enhance what that Red Hill was. The, mm-hmm. the original Red Hill logo, I don't know if you know this, but we essentially, we didn't plagiarize it, but we kind of copied it <laughs> off of the North Carolina historical marker signs. Um, so if you've ever looked at a North Carolina historical marker, what you have is the name of the place mm-hmm. or the person, and underneath you have three dots, a large one in the middle, medium-sized ones uh, surrounding it, and then two arrows that point out either way. Okay. Okay, and that is essentially a, a cool artistic underline for whatever it is they're trying to highlight. Mm-hmm. The Red Hill historical marker is on the corner of McGill and Highway 29, right in mm-hmm. front of the concrete supply plant. Yep. And when you look at it, it looks just like our old school logo. It's Red Hill, three dots, two lines. Gotcha. So it's really cool. We, yeah. we enjoyed doing that. But when we started thinking about this whole rebranding, what we wanted to do is make sure that people understood if they saw Red Hill on a shirt or a hat, that it stood for a brewery, mm-hmm. that it represented a brewery. And the old logo does not, yeah. unless it was one of the variations that said brewing company. Okay, mm-hmm. But even that on a shirt, any sort of marketing material is very hard to pick up. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, how can we do that? And the first thing we did, and we've done stages of this more uh, very strategically. We didn't want to just blast it out there. Uh, we changed those dots to a hop. Okay, And then mm-hmm. the next phase was changing that hop into what you see here. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we, we took a very a pretty basic, almost like a clip art, hop, if you will. She mm-hmm. she took some liberty to put some subtle things in it that make it more ours. Uh, but we took the plantation house silhouette to make it the stem. And mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah, This has become iconic where we're now morphing this to be our main logo and almost getting rid of the Red Hill as mm-hmm. you know it. There is now a, I think it's the fifth rendition that's going to be releasing for our festival. which is going to be a complete redo of what we've been doing with, like, the horizontal lines, and I'm really excited for it. Nice. So, yeah, we we will do that. That's just a part of our growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Putting on some big boy pants? I know. We're trying. I mean, ultimately, (laughs) we're still, I mean, a three-barrel brew house. We're still the smallest in the county Hmm. uh, by a pretty good amount. Uh, You've got Southern Strain next to us. They've they've got a five-barrel brew house, but they're putting in – I believe, 10-barrel fermenters. Uh, our place being upstairs, we had a weight limit. Yeah. And it was hard to get what we had up there. And, you know, we had people come in and go, ah, you can't put too much up here. And so we were constricted because we are upstairs and we got people downstairs, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I have a three-barrel brewing system that we take those batches and go straight into three-barrel fermenters, where a lot of breweries, whatever their brewing system size is, Typically, we'll have about double that on their fermentation capacity for each tank. That way, they could double batch. Mm, right. okay. So if you're a yeah, five-barrel yeah. brew house, you usually would have 10-barrel uh, fermenters sitting around. So you can do a two-run day, and then you got a lot of beer that you can ferment. Gotcha. So we're still we're three-barrel, but I have about 13 barrels of fermentation capacity now. So you know, in a week's time, I have 
more beer sitting fermenting that I've ever had available for anyone to drink at Red Hill. Wow. But it's unbelievably amazing <laughs> and cool. The Even the more fun part, and I don't mean to ramble, I just I get no, no. excited when I talk yeah. about this. The more fun part is the tasting of the beers as they're fermenting every day because we mm. have these cool tools now. I'm able to control my temperatures on my fermentation tanks like I've never been able to before. Um, that alone will help take a couple of our beers that we're bringing over and increase the quality on them. Um, you know, I, every morning at 9 o'clock, that's what I'm doing. I don't mind saying I'm drinking beer early in the morning, <laughs> but I'm sampling every day because I'm taking a lot of notes. I want to see, okay, how are these beers progressing um, on this new system? Oh, my God. Like the, like the Murph right now and our number one fermenter, it's – I poured it for one of our Mugklum members last night. He came in. He knows we don't have Murph, but he knows I'm fermenting it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say his name, but he's like, Chris, I need some Murph. Mm-hmm. Well, guy, we don't have any Murph. Well, it's in the fermenter. <laughs> All right, fine. So I go, I pour him a sample glass out of the fermenter. Whenever you do that, you're going to get this kind of grainy and yeastiness because you still got activity in there. It's not going to be clear, mm-hmm. but it's not like the good hazy that you get at some breweries nowadays. Right. This is kind of like a murky Mississippi yellow mud type of thing. You're oh, going, that sounds delicious. Do I oh, want yeah. to drink this? Yeah. Right? Totally good for you. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and whenever you're going through the fermentation process, you get carbonation. So even coming out of the tank, it looks like a fully carbonated beer. It's just hmm. really thick. So I gave that guy a 16-ounce glass of thick Murph, and I said, you were the first person. And I would totally do this for him. He was our very first Mug Club member. Um, he's a, a, a wonderful follower of ours. So I gave him the first glass of Murph, you know, probably a good seven to ten days before Murph should be consumed. Okay. And um, the look on his face when he took that sip, well, first it was like, what the? Right? Because he was like (laughs) chewing it because it's really thick. But, man, he got so happy. And I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Mm. The the Murph is beautiful. And we will have that for our opening. I'm very excited for that. Um, So, yeah, we're we're, – purpose. We are having – a rebrand launch, and we're celebrating what Red Hill is. We're not as big as all the guys around us, and we totally get that. We're not trying to be. We're still mm-hmm. going to be Red Hill. We're still kind of this clunky upstairs speakeasy uh, pub in the middle of downtown Concord that happens to make our own beer and is passionate about what we do. Mm-hmm. We're passionate about life up there. Um, and we're going to extend our celebration to the outside parking lot. And, you know, whenever you go to a party, uh, someone invites you over, Three things are important to me. Mm-hmm. Music, beer, food. And I could put the fourth in. you got to have people, obviously, but they get to partake in all those. And right. we're providing that among a bunch of other activities that everyone can participate in, whether you got kids or you just want to come out and have a good time uh, by yourselves. Uh, you will be entertained in downtown Concord. Yeah. There's so much to do now in downtown Concord. There's no reason why you can't be you can't find something. Are you not it. entertained? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so how has, you mentioned a, l- a little bit, how has changing or brewing the beer changed with the new equipment? I mean, maybe go into a little bit more detail. Well, the, the first and foremost is the amount of weight that we're lifting every day. Because, I mean, Murph, I, I give an example. Murph was on my one barrel batch uh, roughly about 100 pounds of grain. Okay. Well, now we're brewing three barrels. So it's not as simple as just a multiplier of three, but we'll, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at close to 300 pounds of grain that I now have to get up the elevator. 
I have to get from a pallet into mm. my mash tun, and you're doing it at 50-pound sacks at a time. Um, that first week of brewing, <laughs> man. I mean, I'm almost 40. Uh, and age is totally relative, right? Right. I get there's people older than me roll their eyes, but I'm just telling you, I, that's a young man's game. <laughs> it's it's rough because here's the other thing. So we add all the water into the mash tun, right, and the the grain absorbs it, and then you extract as much as you can. You get all the sugars out, and that's what becomes the beer. Well, there's still water weight left in the grain, it becomes heavier and you Mm -hmm. now have to scoop that out into bins. And then I have to take that onto the elevator downstairs one bin at a time that eventually goes onto a truck that goes out to a local farm, but the amount of movement. So we're just talking physical label labor part, Mm -hmm. huge difference in the process. Uh, It's a long day and you feel it. I go home at night. I don't have to do CrossFit anymore ever again. Well, that's what I was going to say. You've got a CrossFit gym below you. Nice. Why don't that become part of the workout? I think the CrossFit folks would come out and balk at uh, what I'm doing up there. So <laughs> I do. Uh, that's first and foremost. And I, I mean that. That yeah, was the, the, sure. the labor part. Even like the hoses that we're using now are so much bigger and thicker. They're very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, the movement of equipment that I have to, to use, the tools to get beer from one vessel to another, uh, simply cleaning and sanitizing. Um, it's become a much bigger project now than it used to be. Whereas, you know, you again, you've seen our kettles. You could almost take a, a, a Scotch-Brite pad and get in the kettles yourselves and clean them up. And it's like cleaning up your spaghetti pot at home after mm-hmm. a, a dinner one night. And that isn't the case anymore. Uh, on one hand, we've become very efficient because of the amount and the quantity that I can brew at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our brew days so far, and we're only talking about a couple weeks really into this, um, they've gotten longer with the amount of cleaning and prep work that we have to do. Sure. And which makes – I've i gone through a couple bottles of bourbon these last two <laughs> weeks, actually. <laughs> nice. Because of how I feel at the end of the <laughs> night. But it is – it's definitely a labor of love. Um, then, uh, you know, I think to answer your question, the process itself, brewing is the same. Whether mm-hmm. you do one gallon, five gallons, 30, 90, 10 billion. It doesn't matter – you have very rigid steps that you have to follow. And then mm-hmm. there's a lot of liberty that you can take within those steps to make it proprietary, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what makes great beers great and not great beers not great Yeah, uh, are those steps in between. And so I, I think, if anything, what the new brew house has done, it's caused us to refocus. It's like we got this new toy. It's like having a new car. Mm-hmm. You get that new car, what do you want to do? You want to keep that thing clean all the time, right? Yep. Every day you're going in to vacuum out the floor mats and you're keeping that thing waxed because it's brand new. And we have this new tool and we don't want to squander the opportunity to allow it to do its job to help any skills that we have and make our product uh, be able to brew better. Yeah. Um, and so just paying attention to details again, not that we lost it, but – You can lose it at times. You get into habits in any job that you do or any occupation or anything in life. And sometimes you you forget to kind of stop and see what's really happening and then work on the little things. And that's what this has caused us to do. And and a lot of it's just excitement. We're we're, we're happy to be using the right tools. Cool. Yep. I'm just excited to come try the new product out. So I've been following you on Instagram a little bit. And I saw something. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to answer this if you want to for the secret. But I saw a bunch of Nilla wafers <laughs> go somewhere, like a bunch of Nilla wafers. They did. 
Can you talk about that? They went beer in the, at all? into my belly. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> that's what I would have. I would have rolled around in them. That, oh, <laughs> that and and the, the fruity pebbles. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe it's making banana pudding beer. That's what I was going with. <clears throat> that that <laughs> is actually a thought because um, I can get some pureed bananas from a fruit supplier, and uh, we could have a lot of fun with that. Um, the the beer with the vanilla wafers. It's a one off that we're doing for the festival. Um, I don't. It was fun to showcase it. It's going to taste like vanilla. Okay, I'll just say I'll just put it. Sure, like okay, that. yeah. yeah. If you don't want to give away. That's fine. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I got excited. When this I saw is that. not one of our regulars, this? and we're definitely focused on regulars. But to be still be Red Hill, Red Hill has always done some kind of crazy concoctions yeah. where a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't. I mean, we put a Christmas tree in a beer one time. Yeah, I had your mint chocolate stout around that time of year. And, okay. And, I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yep. That's unique. <laughs> yeah, the vanilla wafer is going to be out. It, uh, it will be a, a porter, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's smooth. It's really smooth. I'm really excited about that. About We've been working on getting our darker beers, uh, the body, even better on it and have that silky smoothness. Mm. Um, and this one definitely has it. Um, and there's a few other things going in it. Uh, think breakfast. Okay. I'm, the, I'm down. I'm, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm, yeah. i got to be there for that now. <laughs> then we got the Murph coming out. We're developing a new IPA. It's going to be called the Five and Dime, and that's after the McClellan store that used to occupy our space hmm. uh, way back when, and that's getting back to our Concord roots, as I was saying earlier. So the Five and Dime is going to be kind of a, a contrast to Murph. Murph is a big, bold West Coast IPA, 7.5%, big body, lots of fruit. You can drink one. If you could drink two, I'm fist-pumping you. That's because it's such a big beer. Um, and what we want to do is have another staple IPA that people can come in and drink uh, that's around 6% alcohol, and they can have multiple. A little bit drier, not as sweet, kind of piney, a mm-hmm. little bit of fruitness. It's, it's a more crushable-style IPA. Um, so that'll be out. Uh, we will, we're not bringing Jane over, but we will have a blonde over. And, okay. of course, the amber, um, I brewed an imperial stout this week. Uh, so we're going to have something sitting around 11%. And this thing, I mean, I, I've been ex- – I say this every time I brew. I've never been more excited about mm-hmm. a beer. Yeah, but, on. I mean – chocolate and there was like these like raisin and plum flavors coming out of mm. it um mm. it's a little bit of oakiness even oh it was so good and that's before it was fermented wow like i cannot wait for that beer wow. um so that'll be out for the release uh what else are we gonna have <clears throat> uh now there's a couple special beers that will get released small batches as well for that weekend uh, we got a pale ale coming out that we're actually naming. I'm not going to say it right now in mm-hmm. case they listen, but we're naming it after someone in downtown Concord. It's going to be pretty cool. We've never had a pale um, staple, and that's something that's always been missing with our portfolio. Uh, so we'll have that pale coming out as well. And here's the thing. The Christmas tree lighting is the weekend after. The downtown Concord Christmas tree lighting, which is such a huge event. Um, and we wanted to have our festival the weekend before just to try to gain some interest so that folks – definitely come back not just for red hill but to celebrate in concord the next week then they'll know we're there we will have other beers um, as the weeks go on that continue to get released um, and then we'll be into a system where you'll start having your uh, seasonal stuff come out like our uh, chocolate cherry cream stout that will come out in december mm. called naughty santa we will yeah. do that on the big system absolutely do that um, we have a sweet potato brown ale mm, uh, that like we that do one. every year it's a really yeah. good beer so yeah, there's a lot of lot of fun, cool things. It's uh, longer nights. Uh, my bones hurt, um, but I got one of the coolest jobs in the world. So nice, yeah. 
one of the things that I love about what you guys used to do, and I'm just making sure you guys are still doing it, is if somebody wants to come in and they want an event and they want to sit down with you and create their own beer. Yep. Will you still be doing that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell, tell, I, st- I still have my, my small fermenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are they're one barrels that I'm doing one-offs on. And um, it's just, uh, you know, something we provide to folks to make their event special. Um, I've done it for a, a couple that was getting married. Um, I've done it for corporate events that want something neat named after them. Um, I did it for the Arts Council. I don't know if you remember that. We brought them all in, and mm-hmm. we were having a special event, and it was around Christmas time or so. It's we like did this gingerbread mystery. pale ale. Yeah. Uh, where I just I sat them down in a room like this and said, "What do you guys want to drink?" And I can I know the questions to ask to help lead people and get stuff out of them. Mm-hmm. And we end up coming up with a base beer, additives, and then I let them participate. They come in, bring all the gingerbread, we crush them up, put them in the first step of the beer, and you know it just gives them a little bit of ownership. Yeah, I let them name the thing. Um, you know, I, from a business standpoint, they're buying the beer. Why not? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But um, it's a it's a really cool, neat um, hospitality tool yeah. that we can give. Uh, the couple that got married, they're friends, they're patrons of ours, and they had the reception at our place, and, and we made them this Hawaiian tropical blonde. It was delicious. Coconut and pineapple. And the reason was they got married in Hawaii. Hmm. And then they came home with her, for their reception. Um, they still talk about that. And all the people who came still talk about that beer. Yeah. Uh, simply because it was theirs. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, cool. we op- absolutely offer that. And, you know, two, you have a two to three week lead time on a beer, depending on the style. Okay. So it's pretty easy to do if I know that an event's coming up. Nice. Yep. Very cool. I think we need to find a reason to celebrate to have a special beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you do a fruity pebble sour? <laughs> mm. Who did? Uh, You're the king of Legion callback did jokes. That, didn't they? <laughs> Legion did that. Anything of Fruity Pebbles, just, man. Fruity Pebbles, man. That's my thing. I love some fruit. I like. I just want a Chick-fil-A sauce beer. You know, I went. I went. Oh, oh. that's a, like a sriracha beer. No, not like Chick-fil-A the sauce. The Polynesian. Chick. No, Chick-fil-A the, sauce. No, the, I, I had Chick-fil-A. this. Oh, yeah. I, I got this, the Chick-fil-A sauce last week. Because mm-hmm. um, I ordered some nuggets with my sandwich. <laughs> so yeah. Really hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so something weird. I never seen this. They had little packets of honey barbecue mm-hmm. sauce. Yeah. yeah. To me, it tasted exactly like Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> at Chick Fil A, same Chick Fil A. I tasted both two of them. Different, at they're two different very sauces. Very similar profile. Look, you voted Bojangles number yeah, one out of the restaurant brand. I'll do it so again. I, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Bojangles don't even make anything. It's all frozen. They do. They, I mean, they have their bow sauce. Biscuits. I like them. It's they pre-made. Yeah, but when you biscuits. put that that uh, what do you call it? What do you? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, what yeah. you sprinkle shake, all over the, bake. the yeah the the, the the seasoning? That's oh. the word. You put that seasoning all over those fries and the chicken. It's hard to mm. argue. Yeah, with but that. see here, okay. Let's go, if we were to compare animal to animal, mm-hmm. Chick like the Chick Fil A filet biscuit mm-hmm. versus the Bojangles filet biscuit. The Bojangles is a frozen patty that comes out of the box. Chick Fil A comes right. in fresh. They bread it and throw it in the fryer. I'll give you Two that. Two different things. I'll I don't know. The that. commercials clearly state <laughs> that Bojangles Fal- makes Hashtag false news. Food. False news. <laughs> yeah, but I've always Bojangles thought, has the biscuits. I've always thought that Burger King had the best chicken sandwich, and that's not a joke. They're, that they're big, long longer. Thing? Yep. Yeah, the, I did, now I did get down with them, yeah, the marinara yeah, ones. Two it, for six. Even, <laughs> though it's, even though it's pressed meat, it is a good chicken sandwich. Have you? I saw the commercial for Jack in the Box this past week. 
on their chicken sandwich. And they have like the really big chicken sandwich that has two uh, chicken patties, whatever you want to call them, uh, square square chicken mm-hmm. pressed meat. Yes. Um, but then you can get the really, really big one with with three. You can get the really, really, really big one with four. And you can even get the ginormous one, five chicken patties on a sandwich. It's like an In-N-Out chicken sandwich. It's a five-by-five chicken. Is it? I, I don't I think, know. But that's what they do good in California. In and out, you can get whatever by whatever number of patties. But there's some chicken. Yeah, but real meat. That's real meat. Yeah, yeah that, those, that's not real chicken, probably. Y'all, no, no. that's just way too much. Five. Nothing beats the McRib. That's a mic drop. And they got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Chris. We appreciate you being here. Um, no, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, I yeah, cannot absolutely. wait for this event. Yeah, please come and and again. So it's my plug, right? Yeah, come on. Rundown of the weekend. Yep. What Friday night is? That is our kind of our ribbon cutting. In fact, we're doing a ribbon cutting. We got a big giant pair of scissors, and nice. we're going to cut our our ribbon. Don't right? run with those. Um, right. Don't <laughs> run with them. So ribbon cutting music. We got two different food vendors that are going to be up there that night and okay. all the beers are released. It's a little more, it's not friends and family, but it's sort of a gathering of regulars and whoever else wants to come uh, a little quieter. Although we will have a DJ and music up there. Saturday is the party. Okay. Saturday is called craft Concord because it's, we're a part of it, but we're throwing the party as a celebration of little Robert ourselves and downtown. Okay. Okay. So, you can come out, still drink Red Hill beer, uh, participate in all the events. Uh, the the music is there for Robert's guests, our guests, and all of Concord. Um, and it's just a festival to be to you know the hops and heat that was supposed to be that day was canceled. Mm-hmm. So we're we're kind of filling that void. Um, in fact, we will have chili out there. Carms Cafe. I talked to her today. We're going to be bringing out some chili. Okay. So you know it's going to be a cool autumn day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farmers Almanac said it's supposed to be sunny, and I trust the farmers. Yeah. So of course. They yeah, it's just it should be a fun time if you're looking for something to do in the middle of November uh, before it becomes really Christmas that next week. Right, this is the thing you want to be at. Will Little Roberts have the Sloppy Tom available? <laughs> so, uh, you know, short <laughs> anecdotal, right? Uh, me Producer and Bryce, me and my uh, taproom manager Joey, we've made Wednesdays hot dog Wednesdays. Uh, we we venture down to Roberts every Wednesday to have hot dogs mm-hmm. and sloppy tom is pretty good yeah uh, the one with the fritos is pretty darn good and then the one with the, the potato salad if you've never had their potato salad god it's really good, man. yes and on, they put on the hot on dog? the hot dog huh yes and then you drink a beer you won't eat anything the rest of the day yeah. i promise you that's sloppy tom hey buddy that's some good stuff yeah sobered me up a little bit yeah you, you had a little <laughs> bit too much bourbon that night we got a cool town. Concord's great. I yeah, mean, you, we, we live there. Yeah, um, I, I I love being there. I I feel like I'm, you know, we work all the time, uh, but you know, I want Concord to be a place that those two, mm-hmm. your kids, uh, when they're eighteen or twenty one or whenever we finally kick them out of the house, that they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. That they're not going, man. I want to move out somewhere else because I've never grown up somewhere cool. Yeah, we want Concord to be cool. Yeah, uh, events like this or anything else that's been happening lately and all the stuff that's getting ready to go down in Concord and, yeah. and the direction that we're going excites me because I can see them when they're older wanting to stay and participate with me in this town that they were growing up in. Cool. Yep. All right, Red Hill Brewery, where is it located? Uh, that would be Concord. 
Well, I know, but <laughs> an address for our folks. Uh, 21 Union Street South uh, in Concord, downtown. However, what you want to do is park in the bicentennial parking lot off of Church Street behind mm-hmm. our building. That's where the magic happens. There you go. Yep. Cool. Thanks, we'll post, put this information on our website. We'll obviously Instagram, Facebook, and all that fun stuff. And then, again, thanks again, Chris Abney, for being on the show. Love you guys. Thanks. Appreciate you guys tuning in, as always. Uh, you can find us on the Southern Fry Philosophy website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy, on Instagram and Twitter at SFP Radio. Also, go wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you download those. Just go search Southern Fry Philosophy. Give us a review, a rating, um, or whatever, man. We just mm-hmm. thumbs up, uh, high, high five, whatever. <laughs> you want. I don't know how, how they do these things anymore. Yep. But, yeah, wait, just do that. That's how we move them, the old algorithm also. If you haven't uh, signed up as a donor yet, go to your local DMV. Sign up as a heart donor, uh, organ donor, I guess, and uh, save someone's life. I appreciate that, as always. Yeah, and if you forgot, go ahead and check out uh, our website, southernfriedphilosophy.com. There you'll find the Patreon link. Be an SFP insider, get the exclusive content and the exclusive merch from Southern Fried Philosophy. We'd appreciate it. And guys, as always, keep looking up. You're listening to the SFP Radio Network.